college basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. All right, Luke. Well, we've been talking about the Bucks working to keep the band together, the Super Bowl champs, and... Over the past week since we've spoken last, they've added a couple different pieces. Now, Chris Godwin, he gets the franchise tag. That's a critical piece. Levante David, he gets an extension. Let's lead off with the franchise tag. I think that's that's the most recent and biggest news right now. The Bucks making sure Chris Godwin doesn't get away. I thought he was a, an interesting guy. I, you know, The Bucks are deep at wide receiver. They already have a lot of money tied up in that position. And I, I don't think it would be a huge surprise if they let Godwin go test the market and if he got away, but... They put the tag on him. What would you think about that move? I mean, it, it was inevitable to, to us down here in Tampa. We, we kind of tried to beat that drum to the national media as much as we could. I think from the, outs, you know, from, from the outside looking in, I've read, I've read a lot of headlines on social media where like, you know, Levante David and, and Chris Goblin and Shaq Barrett are everybody's top targets for free agency. The Colts want this guy and the Browns want this guy. We're all down here in Tampa to be like, guys, they're, they're not going to be available. What are you talking about? Like nobody Barrett is the only guy. And again, we'll get to that in a little bit about Shaq Barrett. He's the only guy that they haven't brought back yet, but yes, I mean, particularly Godwin and David, we're never going anywhere. Okay. You really think that Levante David spent nine years in Tampa, eight of them where they sucked to finally win a super bowl and then leave in free agency in his, what he's 31, 32 seat. Like, Come on. The Bucks were always going to figure out a way to keep him around. They did it very creatively, which I know we'll talk about in a second. But with Godwin, you're talking about a guy who's 24 years old, already has a Pro Bowl, already one of the most complete wide receivers in the league, and particularly for this offense. We've talked about this last year all the time, is what he does for this offense is invaluable and irreplaceable, in my opinion. We, you know, you, Again, people from the outside looking in, they'll be like, oh, well, they have Mike Evans, and they got Scotty Miller, and they got Tyler Johnson. And, you know, If they don't bring back Godwin, then they'll just – be able to afford bringing AB back and it'll be fine. You know, they already have a good receiver. That's not how this works. Okay. It's Chris Godwin does things that Mike Evans can't do. And Mike, it will probably admit that to you. They're very different receivers. And that slot, that big slot receiver in this offense is so important. And they rely on Chris Godwin as a blocker, as a route runner, as a, a big physical over the middle catch guy. He does everything well. And you can't just replace that with the next warm body on the roster. So you know, it was it was no surprise whatsoever to any of us down here that Godwin and David are both back at least for another season. I think the Bucks are going to continue to work towards a, a long-term deal with a, a guy like Godwin because, again, he's 24 years old. You don't want to just have him for a year and then let him go. Again, another wrinkle to this is that the salary cap is $16 million lower this year than it was last year. Next year, it's probably going to go through the roof because we're going to have all the new TV deals. So, you know, agents, players, teams, they all know this. So Godwin's probably perfectly happy playing this season on one uh, one-year deal for almost $16 million, which is more than probably his entire rookie contract, if I'm not mistaken, definitely. over the first four years. Yes, definitely. Uh, as a, as a third-round pick, that's way more than he's made up to this point. So 
you know, it, it's, it, it works out for everybody. Again, that's somebody that the Bucks are going to want to be lo- here longer than one year anyway, but they'll have much more money to spend on him next year, and I think everybody knows that. So these two moves so far are a no-brainer. I still think they're going to find a way to keep Shaq Barrett. They've got a lot of money they can move around. We've talked about this last week. We talked about Donovan Smith, Ryan Jensen, Cameron Braid, a lot of guys with big cap numbers, but not a lot of guaranteed money, if any, wrapped up in those guys. So you can you can convert some to bonuses. You can move those cap hits over over multiple years if you sign extensions. We talked about Brady. That's probably going to happen soon uh, where they add a couple years onto his deal in, in large part so that they can expand his cap number over uh, the years of the contract, which, again, we'll get into when we talk about Levante here in a bit. But I still think most everybody's coming back. I really think they're going to figure out a way to do this. The Bucks have been very, very frugal with the way they've managed their cap situation in terms of giving out guaranteed money. They don't have a lot of dead cap. Um, they don't, they've, they've positioned themselves with the flexibility to take advantage of striking while this iron is hot like it is right now. And Jason Light said that point blank the other day when, we, when he met with the media. He said, you know, you set yourself up like this so you can use it. You don't want to just be flexible and, and keep all this money sitting around if you don't have a chance to, to use it. You want to be able to use that flexibility, spend it on those bonuses, and, and move the money around. And I definitely think the Bucks are going to do that. I will not be surprised to see Shaq Barrett come back. I will not be surprised to see guys like Sue, Gronk, a few of those other guys come back as well. Leonard Fournette's probably the guy that's most likely to leave, but I really won't be surprised if the Bucks are able to keep most of their key free agents, no matter what the national media seems to think about their inability to do so. Well, it makes you wonder, on, from the outside looking in, how are the Bucks freaking doing this? Because they have so many good players, Luke, right? I mean, these players are up there at the top of their positions. The Bucks are finding a way to keep them. And Levante David's uh, an, a good example. Obviously, he's a veteran. He's a buck. So they had that going for him. But you actually used the word stroke of genius. Or no, I'm sorry. Stroke of salary cap genius by Jason Light in the Bucks in this deal for Levante David. And maybe you could explain this a little bit for the fans and myself uh, about the void years. So let's get into what the Bucks did with Levante's extension because it was actually technically, a, what, a five-year deal, uh, even though it's reported as a two-year extension, and why this was such a genius move by, uh, by Light. Yeah, well, when I mentioned it earlier, when, when you restructure someone's contract, when, when some people hear that term, and I know growing up, like following the NFL, when I heard that term, I thought that meant making guys take a pay cut, right? When exactly. you restructure a deal, that means you need, to, you need to save money. So that means you need to ask people to make less. That's not how that works most of the time. Restructuring a deal most of the time is going to the player and saying, listen, we're going to convert some of your base salary that you would make over the next few years into or, the, or this year into a bonus, which means the player actually gets not only the same amount of money, but they get it now. He gets a check. They get it yeah. sooner. So the player loves that, right? They're like, sweet, I, I get more money up front. I don't lose any money. So what's what's in it for, you know, why should I be opposed to this? Um, and then on the team side of things, what that allows you to do is prorate the amount of that that converted amount, that bonus amount that you've now changed the, the salary into, you get to prorate that over the life of the remaining years of the contract that that player has left. The Bucks have done this before with a couple of guys, Ali Marpet and, and Mike Evans. And, and what you want to do is you, you only want to do this with players that you are confident will play out the rest of their contract. Because if you do that, you don't have to worry about it coming back to bite you down the road, right? The, 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 the flip side of that coin is if you have to cut that player before their contract is up, 
you still have to pay them all that money you spread out over those years, right? So we've seen that happen. The Steelers had to do it with Antonio Brown. They had to eat a bunch of uh, dead cap space. Um, we're seeing it in Philly with Carson Wentz, same with the, the Rams and, and Jared Goff. So you have to be careful about it. But the Bucks have have done that, and the Bucks have a few players that they're confident in them playing out their contract so they don't have to worry about kind of punting that and, and kicking that can down the road a little bit. So what, what Levante David's contract looks like now is a two-year deal with three straight voidable years on the end. And what that means is the team can void the contract after two years if they want to. But it also, since it's technically a five-year deal, the Bucks are able to convert a huge chunk of Levante's salary from this year into a prorated five-year bonus that breaks up the cap hit over those five years. So Levante David, the headline said, Levante David signs a two-year $25 million deal, which means you're thinking his cap number this year is going to be what? 12 and a half, right? Levante's cap number this year is like $3.5 million now because they took all of that money, most of it, and broke it up over a five-year contract. Now, if they void all three of those years, it accelerates that, and you have to pay that all out after the two years, which is something that'll probably happen. Okay, but that won't matter if the Bucks have another ring or two after sure. two years; they're so, not going to care. So they're rolling so, the dice a little bit there, but that's right. They are, but they're rolling a dice on a player that they're confident is going to be around for at least those two seasons, if not more. And if yeah. he's not, it's because he's probably retiring, and you're not going to have to worry about it anyway. So it's a brilliant move. And again, we talked about the uh, Jason Light. Any general manager is usually going to get the credit when they do something cool like this. But Jason Light will be the first person to tell you that this is not his baby. He does not get credit for this. And and he uh, he and I spoke a couple weeks ago about delegation and how I asked him, how did you get better as a general manager? Because your early drafts, he'll be the first one to tell you they sucked a lot of the time. He And he whiffed on a bunch of free agents. And he got a lot better at his job. And the first thing he told me was, yeah, I learned how to delegate. I learned how to let people do their jobs to put really smart, really good people in positions on my staff and then let them do what they do well, empower them to do that. And the two people that deserve the credit for, th- for this type of structure are Jackie Davidson, uh, who, again, was one of the few black women in, in the NFL who is in that type of leadership role. She's the director of football research for the Bucks right now. She came from the Jets. And she is actually the person who, if I'm not mistaken – was able to help and teach and mentor Mike Greenberg, who was another high-ranking official in the Bucks front office, who is their cap wizard, basically. And those two are very close, and they work very closely together, and they are brilliant. And Jason Light will be the first person to, every time he gets a chance to laud his staff, he will bring up Jackie Davidson, he will bring up Mike Greenberg, um, Mike Beal, John Spitek, his, his staff of people that he has so much trust in, and they are so good at their jobs. But when you look at these contract structures and how the Bucks have continued to, to do this year after year and not really have a lot of dead cap space and not really be in salary cap hell ever, and then to be able to flip around deals like this to save themselves some money and keep key players – Jackie Davidson and Mike Greenberg are the ones who really deserve a lot of the credit here. Excellent, excellent insight right there by Luke on the uh, salary cap wizardry that's going on with the Bucks, And there's no doubt about it. There is some wizardry going on. Luke has already touched upon Shaq Barrett, but that's where I want to go next. Who will the Bucks target next in free agency? I think Shaq Barrett's got to be on the top of their list. Who else? Luke and I will get into that coming up next. Now with Shaq Barrett, it very well could be that he wants so much that, right. like you said, they just they just know they can't do it. Right. And we've we've mentioned a few times how many pass rushers are hitting the market. They can just do what they did two years ago when they signed Shaq Barrett. 
He he comes in as a stranger, and he has 19 sacks. No. So I'm... they'll find another pass rusher to come in. Maybe you can get two or three pass rushers for less than what it would cost to keep Shaq Barrett for a year. No, I I mean, you're right. Mike, you, you made that point on, on text yesterday, and when you said it, I went, ooh, that's a really good point. There's I, that, that might be part of the equation. Well, there's Mike Florio and Chris Sims, Luke, two guys that are never, ever, ever wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing already. I can't wait. <laughs> no, they're, they're never, ever wrong. So these guys know what they're talking about. And uh, always good to hear from those two. And so that was their take on Shaq Barrett and his situation. And you know that I've gotten to know you over the last, what, how long we've we been doing this now? Like six, seven months. I've gotten to know you. I knew how you'd feel about Shaq Barrett. I knew how you'd feel about the team's chances of resigning him. So I want to just bring in a different perspective. Some of the talking heads outside of Tampa feel like, oh, Shaq Barrett, he's gonna, he needs to be paid, what, $19, $20 million? That's what he's going to command per year. And how the hell are the Bucks going to figure that thing out? But it seems like there's reports that the team is already kind of talking to him. They're already working on a deal. And just hearing from you in that first segment we just did, Sounds like you have no doubt in your mind that he's coming back to the Bucks, right? Is this a foregone conclusion? I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a foregone conclusion just because a lot of things can happen. And and the biggest thing that I think would keep me from saying, like, oh, it's 100% is pass rushers are really expensive, and his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. So Good point. he knows that, uh, and Drew is not going to – is not any type of um, – isn't the type of guy to get uh, sentimental. Uh, he's gonna, he's not going to try to play to the hey, you know, Tampa Bay was good to you. You know, no offense to him, he, he's a, one of the best in the business because he knows how to get the most for his guys, and you don't get that by taking home hometown discounts. Uh, I've said it on the show before. I remember coming out of the media elevator week seventeen after the Falcons game when uh, when Barrett had three sacks uh, to help them take that game to overtime. Uh, and Drew's smiling face was the first one I saw coming the other way <laughs> off the field anecdote. after watching that performance. One. He's like, my boy about to get paid. He knew, <laughs> right? So you get the franchise tag. Uh, and and the only, so the only reason that keeps me from saying that is that, that crazier things have happened. If, if, they, if Drew Rosenhaus and, and Shaq Barrett feel like whatever the Bucks are, are feeding them or telling them, hey, this is the best we can do, is really not realistic to them. And they think, listen, we can get 20-plus, which, again, we talked about this last week. It's not the year to think that. I, I don't know if a lot of teams, even the teams with the most cap money, aren't going to have as much to spend as, as usual. That 180, that, that 182, we were talking about it being 185 last week. It's even less than that. Uh, it's 182.5 uh, million for the salary cap this year. So everybody has to get under that number. So I don't know if a lot of people are going to want to pay Shaq Barrett as much as he would make in a normal year. So the thing about it is, and, and to go back to the clip you just played, the reason I started laughing was... I knew you'd love that one, Luke. I knew you'd love it. When I heard the, the, the reasoning for why you don't do that, first thing, first thing that comes to mind is the fact that the reason Shaq Barrett was such a pleasant surprise is because he was a surprise. You don't just go out and sign third-wave free agent pass rushers who failed a physical with the Bengals so the Bengals didn't sign him. No, just do it again, Luke. To just a, go do it again. To a one-year, four-year, $4 million deal, and then get 19 and a half freaking sacks out of it. That does not happen. I don't think it's ever happened before it just happened with Shaq Barrett. So, and, and that's evidenced by the fact that nobody else did it th- this past season. Did anybody, did anybody make that happen in the last offseason? I didn't think so. So, so you can't – those guys don't grow on trees if they did. People would always do this, and teams would always do this, and that's not how it works. So the Bucks wouldn't have brought him back on the franchise tag if they thought they could just go find another one for $4 million, right? 
And the second thing is, I don't know how much you're on Twitter, but the last couple of days, one of the clips that we've seen being thrown around is from John Gruden. When John Gruden was asked about the Khalil Mack trade and his response to reporters then was, well, with the money we could, we would have had to pay she- uh, Khalil Mack, we've been able to afford all these other guys. And he named Trent Brown, Tyrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, and I think one other guy who is not on the team anymore after they after the moves they've made this week. They've cut Joyner. They traded Trent Brown back to New England. They cut Tyrell Williams. Not None of the people – he was good. literally like, oh, you know, we saved all this money so we can spend it on all these guys. That was a yeah, good move, John. But if those guys suck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and especially at that position, you have got to you have got to have a quarterback in this league. You have got to protect your quarterback and you've got to get after the other guy's quarterback. And if you can find those three things, you gotta pay for them when you when it's time. So I, all of that is just ridiculous to me. It's hilarious, it's wrong. And again, the Bucks have positioned themselves uniquely to be able to afford to keep everybody. And that's what I think people are really missing is that you look in New Orleans, and New Orleans is $60 million over the cap still. You look at all these other teams that have continued to punt these contracts and these dead cap hits down, down the, the, the road hoping to open their, their Super Bowl window. The, the Bucks just came and destroyed the Super Bowl wall. They made their own window. And now they realize, listen, it really wouldn't take that much restructuring and, and risking a little bit of the future to make this happen again because we just did it once. So they will, again, they will be you know judicious about it, but they've given themselves the flexibility to be able to, to take a couple of those restructures, punt a little bit of that money over the next few years with guys like Brady and maybe Evans again, maybe Jensen, maybe Braid, Donovan Smith, all these different guys who have big cap numbers but no guaranteed money that they can move around over the next few years, they can make it happen. That, that, it adds up very quickly, and while $20 million is definitely a lot to pay one guy, pass rushers are worth it. Again, they, they brought him back on the franchise tag last year in part because can you do it again, right? You can, anybody can have a flash in the pan season, but they wanted to see what he could do. And no, he didn't have double-digit sacks, but he was still – top two or three, I think, in the league in pressures, which is just as important in my opinion. And then obviously the performance he had in the playoffs, particularly I think he had eight quarterback hits, four sacks between the NFC title game and the Super Bowl. And you could have made a, a strong argument that he was the MVP of the Super Bowl, honestly. Um, he was a beast, you know, so, no doubt about it. I mean, come on, man. It's just ridiculous. You, you, When you have a guy like that, you pay him. And the Bucks are in a position to where they can move some money around and they can make it happen. And and this league should be quality over quantity. You should, when you have a chance to pay a special player, you have got to take that opportunity, especially when it's not going to cost you any draft picks or anything like that. I mean, the Bucks are going to, I think the Bucks are, are uniquely positioned to be able to make this work. And I think that everybody, again, this goes back to Godwin and David, what we talked about earlier. The fact that everybody else is kind of circling the tank here and hoping they, be, they come available, they're just not paying attention to the facts. They're not paying attention to the fact that the Bucks really won't have to work very hard. They got to be creative, but they've obviously proven they know how to do that. It's not going to take much to move some money around and be able to keep most everybody together. One thing that's kind of interesting, I'm out here in New England. The Patriots, Luke, have $64.5 million of cap space. They, they have the third most cap space behind just the Jaguars and the Jets. A great, great company the Patriots find themselves in these days, right? Jaguars and Jets. But I bring that up because I feel like this is like a dream offseason for Belichick because you hit the nail on the head with the Shaq Barrett thing. Yeah, in a normal circumstance, Shaq Barrett is going to command $19, $20 million a year. This is not a normal offseason, though. The market is going to be different. The amount of money teams can go out there and offer for Barrett is going to be different. It's not going to be 
you know, as high as it would have been because all the teams are dealing with this thing. And I just feel like it's a dream situation for Belichick because he can go out and there's all these big name free agents. He can just lowball all of them. You know Belichick's dying to do that, Luke. Like, oh, he's in on that thing. Well, um, he's either going to lowball them or he or they laugh at him and he rolls all that cap space in next year. He doesn't either. Yeah, there, there you go. But I think you nailed it. I mean, this is just a different kind of offseason. And I think that gives the Bucks a great chance to get Barrett back. And, you know, we saw what the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott. Dak, he whipped Jerry Jones in that. He got everything on his list, right? There's nothing. And that, it's so beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, isn't it beautiful? And there was no concessions. Just, yeah, there's no concessions that Dak and his camp took. The only thing the Cowboys got was the more manageable cap hits this year and next, right? They got the reasonable cap hits that they could work with. And, and they got the is. most important thing you could ever have in the NFL, which is a franchise quarterback. One hundred percent. So got to pay we'll for it. They got to pay for it. You've been calling it the three-headed monster: Godwin, David, and Shaq Barrett. We're just missing Barrett, so we'll see if we can get it done. We'll, we might be able to find out by the time we're talking next, Luke. Next Wednesday, we'll be right in the middle of this thing. You ready for that? It's going to be fun. It's going to be happening. Yeah, I was going to say we'll, we'll know we'll know one way or the other at that point in the week. I think uh, he'll either be a buck or he'll be a highly paid something else. Yeah, we we might know that by Monday. You know, so we'll, we'll find out. But, uh, yeah, man, always fun chatting. Great stuff as always. For Luke Easterling, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week to break down all the moves. Can't wait. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.